let me ask you one more question. Yeah. Because I forgot. How do you pronounce your last name? Because I know I was screwed. So it's Morea. Morea. Okay. Yep. yep. That's perfect. Morea. I, yep. I, I, I think I can handle that, but I'm terrible with names. Yeah. And well, you're cool. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Real Turf Tech Podcast, episode 33. Today, we're talking to Joe Morea. He's the equipment manager at Lake Toxaway Country Club in Lake Toxaway, North Carolina. Lake Toxaway is an 18-hole private course designed by Chris Spence. Joe is the lone ranch in his shop and just began a new lease with Toro. Let's hear what Joe has to say. Welcome, Joe, to the Real Turf Techs Podcast. How you doing today, Joe? Hey, Trent. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Joe is in our WhatsApp, so he's really good at GIFs. Shares a lot of, lot of funny ones, but we'll get right to it. Tell us how you got into the turf industry. I kind of got to take it back. So my dad was a, I guess you would call a shade tree mechanic. We're from Ecuador. He moved to California and worked as a mechanic there back in, I believe it was seventies. And he kind of just learned from there. After a while, he actually became a cabinet maker. And when I was born and growing up, mechanicing was always around. So he kind of showed me some stuff, but growing up at Tough Life, which for him, he never wanted me to be a mechanic. So he did show me everything. He showed me enough to just get by and stuff. And he basically just, he wanted me to keep going to school, wanted me to be a lawyer, a doctor, whatever. Neither me or my brother ended up becoming anything <laughs> like that. So, but basically that's how it got introduced to me. I was actually working as a warehouse manager and I thought logistics and warehousing was going to be my career choice. This was back about 10, 11 years ago. And my dad ended up passing away suddenly. And to kind of fill that void, I said, you know, having gone to college, it was a big thing for him. Let me go figure out what I could do. And I ended up just stumbling upon auto mechanics mm-hmm. and I got an AS degree in an automotive technology management in South Florida. And it pretty much started there. I got hired at a Honda dealership first. And I I learned the hard way of working in the dealership. Shortly after I got hired, I was already married. I married young and my wife was pregnant and I was stressing. You know, I started off as a loop tech, I think making $12 an hour. And uh, in South Florida, which is Mm -hmm. expensive, it was tense. And I ended up asking my man, Hey, I need to move up. I need to make more money. Luckily the best, and this has helped me so much in my career, even equipment, my best subject and the best teacher I had was electrical. I picked it up really quick. And so when my service manager saw that I was good with computers and good with the voltmeter and all that stuff, he went ahead and promoted me to the line. Now we're talking about like a six months, I'm still going through college, 
I'm green as can be. Mm. And he just threw me in the line. And I think I was making $16 an hour flat rate. Man, did I learn the hard way of our flat rate, man. But luckily, I got picked up by my very first golf course about a year after that. It was called Crystal Lake Golf Club in Pompano Beach, Florida. It's not there anymore, unfortunately. It's a bunch of condos now. So how'd you get picked up there? I ended up going on Craigslist. I used to find jobs on Craigslist in South Florida. And there was a job posting for auto mechanics in golf course. And the posting was like $16 an hour, 40 hours a week. They said lunches provided, uh, a week paid vacation. It sounded so cool coming out of, you know, still in college and being in the dealership setting. And right, right. saying, well, I get the same pay, but I get my 40 hours guaranteed. Heck mm-hmm. yeah, let's, you know, let's and go. And I get a free lunch um, on top of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the dealership, I had the food truck pop up. And, and the funny thing about that is it always screwed me in my day. Because where my day was, was a corner day. And the food truck would pull in on my corner. Uh-huh. So during lunch breaks, I couldn't get any work in or out. Oh, you know, wow. they would block yeah. me. <laughs> um, so basically I ended up getting the, an interview and the superintendent at the time was David Pickens uh, or Dave Pickens. M- mostly everybody knows him by that name. That's how I started out. And I do have to say in memory of him, he's passed away. I owe him a lot. He hired me. It was me being still in college, not knowing what a rotary mower is, what a reel is, not knowing anything, still green, coming from a a dealership. And the guy who was there interviewing at the same time with me, because he interviewed uh, all this same time, he was a church guy. But later on, he ended up telling me it was my personality. The way that I could fit with his personality, it was, it was good. He had a huge temper, like, Bad temper, oh man, stories I can tell about him. But he was, if you just did your job right, he never yelled at me or anything. But if you mess up, then, you know, hit a rail, didn't drop a rail on concrete or something like that, he wouldn't yell at you. But he ended up picking me. And he told me from day one, he's like, look, this career is huge. He told me from the get go, I can go far. If, if I stick it out, he says, I know this equipment sucks. We had an old, I think it was a Toro 4510, something like that. Mm-hmm. Old Bravery had a Jacobson fairway mower that has been in the junk pile. And he wanted me to fix it. He kept saying, it has to be electrical. It has to be electrical. It was back when Jake, well, at least this is how I know. I'm not sure this was like, you know, a process they went through or whatever. But the way I saw it was, it was when Jake had the green it was the ransom colors. Mm-hmm. I think it yeah, is yeah. The, yeah. the green and black. This fairway was that green and black fairway mower. I ended up learning quickly about how different diesel is from cars. You know, I think my book in college was one chapter long on diesel and it was barely nothing, you know, but I learned and basically that that's how I got into it. That was my first golf course. And he told me, he said, one day you're going to thank me for working on this old, old equipment. And it's true. It's true. Everything I learned from old Toro 3100s that I was working on to the, the old Jake 
Gplex threes with the mm-hmm. uh, you know slide out arm. Just those old school stuff. Old school for me. It's not old school for some guys, but for me, it's old school. And having those old school problems and stuff, it, mm-hmm. it just prepared me so much for what was coming ahead. He was definitely a blessing in my career as a super. But then I just kept moving out. He moved from South Florida to Central Florida, and he ended up taking me with him. And so I stayed with him for about three years. Yeah, I think that happens a good bit in the golf industry. Superintendent moves and he brings mm-hmm. the mechanic with him. And right. you got a good relationship with your superintendent or director, whoever you're working for. Exactly. Another thing that helped me out also about that was I was in South Florida, expensive for what I was making. I had my firstborn and I actually, I was born in South Florida on Fort Lauderdale, but I grew up in central Florida in Palm Bay, Melbourne. Not sure if you're familiar yeah, with there. A little bit. But the Sphinx Coast is what they call it. I grew up there and went to high school and everything there. So basically he moved me up there and I already had a house, the house that I grew up in. It was just a perfect setup for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So it was just awesome. Well, kind of walk us through your daily shop routine. Basically I've kept the same shop routine throughout my whole career. It's been nine years in January will be nine years. Neither me and the assistants are usually the first ones to get in. Some of the superintendents that I had worked for, they would be there as well. Some that's what the assistants are for and, and you know, mm-hmm. to set up everything and, and get yeah. all that stuff ready, basically get in, set up everything, make sure that the morning jobs are ready to go. The crew comes in and they go out. I go behind them normally, mm-hmm. unless I have like a huge list and I have to go through and get things going. I, I would stay in the shop and just wait till somebody calls me. But other than that, I'll just go out there. I'll try to walk every green that there's a machine for the green smowers, check the fairways. It sucks having OCD sometimes because the smallest little thing and I freak out and I'm like, what is that? And how do I fix this? And man, it's all, the reel's all dirty now and I got to watch it. But going out there, checking everything, making sure everybody's okay. If I remember, I'll take a fuel can just in case sometimes there's those times that we just put all the equipment up real fast and people forgot to fill up their tanks or something coming mm-hmm. in. I'll do that probably for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, then get back to the shop, check my emails, check anything that I may have ordered the day before, seeing if anything's come in, then start the routine, you know, just checking out my list of things, prioritize, see what is more important, what's not. The way we do it here at like Talks Away is at the end of the day, the assistants and superintendents the superintendent comes in and it kind of sets up the day for the next day. And I actually really like that. I mean, I haven't really done it any other way. I've tried and we're still working on it, but it's grown a lot since I started there. I've tried to get everything electric through computers as much as possible, but we tend to go back to the whiteboard and stuff like that. So it is what it is. So if my, we're there at the end of the day, my super will be there. You know, okay, tomorrow we're going to do three greens, four tees, fairways, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. If there's something, uh, you can't do uh, four tees. You got to do three at least for today. I've got this one down or whatever. How are you keeping track of your stuff electronically? Just out of curiosity. So I thought first it started with on the GCS 
website, they have those template, okay. those template things. I, I used to do everything hand and paper with mm-hmm. the same format with pencil and paper, but with the same format that I got from Dave Pipkins all those years back as my first superintendent, mm-hmm. I've kept the same format since then because it's very simple. It, it's just a date, what I'm doing, what it needs and the hours, right, real right. simple, real simple stuff. And I've kept it that way. Well, now I've used some of the templates, like the budgeting template from GCSAA, I use a lot. I've been mm-hmm. using that for about three years and it works really well for me. But then I heard your podcast with, not podcast, but I think you had a class or something at GCSAA, one of the shows or something, yeah, and yeah. you, the Google Sheets, mm-hmm. or you did a video or something. I forget what it was, but I got the Google Sheets from you. And basically, I just grew from that. So now I'll have uh, on my computer, my end, you know, you have the Google Drive, the mm-hmm. like Toxway Equipment 2021, okay. and then I organize all that way. And then I share it with my superintendent and he can see whenever he wants. I don't think he really does, but at least it's there, you know, right, right. And, yeah. and, he needs to check that, in or look at yeah. it. Yeah. And eventually I'm hoping that we'll start. It's definitely going up. We're not going backwards or anything. We're, we're definitely going up. So it's a constant. Myself, the super was there one year before I was. And some of the assistants, we have all new assistants now because some of them have moved on. But right. the main guy, the superintendent, the mechanic, we've been together around the same time. So mm-hmm. we've taken the place much higher than where it was. Most organizational way and all that stuff. I have a job board done in google sheets that we used it for quite a while and then this past year we switched to uh, task tracker which has been great that program has but if you're interested i could share that with you oh for sure for, for more sure on the, on the superintendent I, side yeah and for sure. get a um, plug in for me and brian bressler will also be teaching at san diego this year a google drive class and we're also doing a virtual class. So the people that can attend the live conference film, we're actually supposed to record in a couple of weeks. So nice. I'm excited nice. about nice. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I need that stuff, man. It made everything so much easier. And, and not only that, but I've got my desktop at work. Then mm-hmm. I've got my laptop that I'll take around the shop or whatever. And mm-hmm. then if I remember something or whatever, I have my cell phone, which I Google yeah. drives right there. And. Right. I'm at home and I'm still working, you know, it, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, not that that's always a good thing to be working from no, home, but no, 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 you can exactly, exactly. It helps me during the day, you know, so. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure. Yeah. Actually I bought a tablet, you know, Samsung, whatever, 10 inch yeah. uh, for the shop. And we have a little laptop on the toolbox that kind of stays but the tablet you can take it and it's really nice because i got all the manuals yeah. on google drive yep and you pull it yep. up on a 10 inch tablet and you can zoom into electrical schematic or whatever and that works really well my cell phone actually i'm a huge samsung guy so it's a galaxy note is what i mm-hmm. use it the big, it's the bigger one with the stylus okay. and all that stuff yep, yep. sometimes man that's not I, i'll be stuck in schematic and i laugh sometimes because my electrical teacher he used to take out those big books oh, with yeah. the folded pages mm-hmm. and then you'd open up like a huge pamphlet thing and you'd get them a, a little colored pencil and just start tracing. This is how they taught me in that class. It was yeah. awesome, awesome teaching. But I basically do that now 
and I can highlight the schematics if I get stuck or anything with my phone because it has oh. the stylus and I, and I do the same thing. If I have to sit there and I, all right, well, I know this screen's it sucks a little bit that you can't see the whole picture like you mm-hmm. would in the books. You have to kind of like scroll right, a little yeah, bit, yeah. but at least it organizes it a little bit better. You know, same thing with hydraulics. I learned hydraulics because I had such a good understanding with electrical mm-hmm. that it's pretty much the same way. It's the flow and right, right. solenoids, switches, valves. It's pretty mm-hmm. much the same thing. You're just talking different language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you relief grind or not? I don't know. While back, I thought I had started a fight with, between Bob and, and Hector because I had asked the question way back when, this was a couple of years ago. And I actually went to go see Hector in Michigan. I said, man, I'm so sorry if I started that fight or something. So I have never released Brown, not because I don't want to, but because I've never had the opportunity to. And this is kind of about me. The machines I have now are, they're rebranded Neary's. They're called Frontier. The real grinder comes with the release setup, but it's been broken since I've gotten there. And because I've never had anybody teach me, I kind of just set it aside and I never went through it. Now going through the books and learning more and, and, and seeing, you know, what everyone's talking about this release grinding and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I would say I'm definitely for it. I believe I can see the difference now that I got new equipment and it has the release in it. Right. Versus the sharpness, how it does, it dull, it takes longer to get dull, how it stays consistent. And not only that, but then the one thing I learned is the backlight. You know, a long time ago, when I started, I would always backlight. I was actually taught coming up from Florida, it was not a good ride. I mean, I actually left the industry for two years. I did my own pressure washing business in, in Florida. Because it was kind of hard getting enough people to help me out and stuff. I kind of got burned out, but I was taught to just put the knife on, backlock it, and grind every six months or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how and I was taught originally. But then as I had learned more and I'm hearing Hector talk about it and grinding and this and that, I start feeling it out and I start seeing, go, yeah, that's the reason it's there. That's why the manufacturers do it, you know? And uh, Mike Rollins said it. I like how Mike Long said it's obvious less heat, less drag on that bed knife and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's helping your machine all the way around. So I don't see why not do it if, you, if you're able to. Hopefully yeah. this year I'll get Mike Rollins out to Lake Toxaway and, and hopefully he could help me out and stuff. But uh, well, you let uh, me know when he's going to stop by and I'll have to make a little trip up that way. Oh yeah, for sure. You guys are always welcome. Anybody's yep. always welcome. And for the listeners, if you don't know, Lake Toxaway and where it's located in North Carolina and the mountains is one of the most beautiful places you've ever it laid is. your eyes on. And it's, man, when me and my wife went driving up that mountain, we were just shocked coming from straight I-95, the same yeah. thing for hours and hours. And yeah. then coming up here and seeing everything. And I'm afraid of heights. So I'm seeing over the cliffs and stuff. I'm like, oh, geez, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but it's That's awesome. Funny. It's definitely different. And I don't think I could ever go back to Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful up there. And the yeah. weather, too, being cooler oh, in the morning. You know, and- I always joke, I've never worn pants so much in my life till uh, I moved okay. here. Yeah. I joke with, with Eric, and I'm like, man, you know, in Florida, I'm always tan. 
I'm Hispanic. What? Right. I, my legs tell a different story. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but it's awesome. The weather stays nice, especially it talks away. Mm-hmm. And if you go up to Cashers, it gets even better. So just that little bit of a difference. It's huge. Tell us something you've fabricated lately. I'm still learning to weld and, and kind of fabricate stuff. I kind of do the whole drill and bolt together things. More, yep. more, more I like work. It. I'm um, still fabricating. Yeah, exactly. But I've been trying to weld and the newest thing that I'm going to actually be working on is, so I welded brackets, actually make brackets out of bed knives. Sorry, not brackets, but like mm-hmm. for dumpsters. And we have some dumpsters back there that the trash truck comes and destroys it every time it lifts it up. So the door swings out really hard and it just went the rust and all that stuff. It just cracks it. So I've, I've made some hinges on that before. And then my next thing that my superintendent wants me to work on is walking the radio holders where you can clip on your radio and put it onto the dash of the cart. He wants me to work on that. So I try to do as much as I can. I'm by myself. So sometimes I, I got to wait till winter. And even then, now that I'm into all these different things, I don't even have time in the winter now, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's easy to get pulled in a lot of different directions. Oh, for sure. I'm part of the TTAC board, the Turf Equipment Technicians of the Carolinas. I've been the board and the COVID hit, so I didn't get to do anything. But now this year, we're finally going to start again. And now I'm meeting after meeting and going to see the, all the trainings. It just keeps me busy. It keeps me learning, you know, it keeps me fresh. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if there was more TTACs throughout the country, I think, to help bring us technicians together. I tell you, part of the reason why I can never go back to Florida too is, is up here, people are just so nice. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah, scary. Yeah. It's, they make me think I have a problem. I, I always joke around saying, you know, I wish I could be a wrench thrower. You mess something up and I'm like, oh, I got to fix it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll joke around and yell, but everybody looks at me and they're like, yeah, right. Whatever. You know, <laughs> I just smile. <laughs> right, it, yeah. it does get stressful, but if I were to get mad all the time, I probably wouldn't be on it. Right now. Um, yeah, that's know, true. It's crazy, but, but yeah, it's, man, it's fun. What's your favorite tool? I have a lighter that my number one go-to has to be my, the pilot probe. Okay. It's, I did yep. it with, in the video we did with Hector. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. It was the real bad video. Of the, oh, of whatever. The- <laughs> you got great. You're a natural. But yeah, the pilot probe, man, I like voltmeters and I, I, I understand it and everything, but just that power probe, just connecting it to the battery and having, I know what I have in my hand. Obviously mm-hmm. you have to be smart because you can fry things right. with the power probe, but knowing what I can, and if I have a lift down, like I was showing in that video, something's not working and I can check fuses, just touch the fuse. Is there power there? Is power over here? Is there ground mm-hmm. over there? Cause I don't have to switch leads or anything. It tells me right there to whether something's ground or something's power, you know, something hot or, or whatever. To me, it seems so much more efficient and I can get to it a lot quicker, yeah. you know, solenoids, switches, anything. And I can just test it really quick. So, so it has to be my power probes. Definitely my favorite. That probably my cell phone is the next thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. The cell phone's hard to beat. It comes in very, very handy. What do you like best about your job? The same thing everybody says, it's how 
every day it's just different. I'm not going to lie. Some days it's monotonous. Mm -hmm. It's verification. Great sand. You know, everybody loves it so much. We get to yeah, yeah. hear that grinder go. That tires me out sometimes, but then you have that one chance where you finally get it done and you're seeing that grass cutting perfect. You check that blade and it's still sharp. And you're like, finally, I made it through it. Now let's go to the next thing. <laughs> but it's not like your normal nine to five where you're stuck in one place and you can't go do anything. If I'm getting frustrated, especially with electrical, I'm getting frustrated with electrical problems. I can't figure it out. I get in my cart, go drive off, look at the, the scenery, look at what everyone's doing, mm -hmm. refresh. And eventually it, it's never failed. It, it, to this day, it's never failed. Either I leave the shop and I think of something and I ended up fixing it. I leave it for the next day, sleep on it, and I end up fixing it the next day. Yeah. Uh, or I just call someone. I leave the shop, go calm down because I'm throwing the wrench, quote, you know, in quotations, throwing the wrench. <laughs> And I go call someone and then, oh yeah, that's right. So the ability just to do that is awesome. I think it's why I've kept in this industry so much. It's just that ability to do that. Right. No, that's awesome. And I think that's true for, for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. What is the strangest thing you've seen at work? I didn't know how to answer this until recently. The weirdest thing I ever saw, but it's a dangerous thing too. A new assistant of ours, I'm sorry if he hears this, but I'm going to say it. And a new assistant of ours, I mean, I think he was like a month there. He flipped our spray rig, our 1750. Oh, wow. When I tell you, I get the call, Joe, you know, he's all worried. Joe, I flipped mm. the, I flipped this. I'm like, well, are you okay? Yeah, you know, I'm fine. And I go out there, Trent, I kid you not, it's sitting straight off. There's not one dent one bend of a boom not one thing wrong with the spray rig and the guy did a complete 360 over into a bunker nothing happened and i was like you've got to go play the lottery dude you yeah this yeah, is, yeah. This is ridiculous there's nothing wrong with it and to this mm -hmm. day they're still using it having done nothing to it it, it was the craziest thing <laughs> that is that is so strange to not have any damage. No but damage, I, Nick. Was the booms down? No, that's the crazy thing. They were up. They were up. He was up on the ledge, on which when we're looking at what he was doing, we're like, mm. you had to go that, that, you know. So he was trying to use that center boom between a green and a bunker. He slid, but the guys that were there, the visa workers you have, they told me it was completely upside down. And between all of them, by the time I got there, between all of them that was there and him, they flipped it over. Not one day. What's one of your pet peeves around the shop? My wife would laugh at me, but I, I'm not a clean person as in dusting and sweeping all the time, but I'm mm -hmm. definitely an organized person. My toolbox is, I know where everything is. It's organized. It has to be perfect for me. And. One of my pet peeves is definitely someone coming in to my shop and, and they're having an irrigation problem and they come out, they get all the tools of the shop tools out, leaves them on my workbench and then leaves a whole irrigation mess, cutting the pipe and all that pipe dust and everything all over the place and just, and just leaves it. And then I'm like, really? 
And it gets to a point where I'm like, all right, fine, I'll clean it, whatever, vacuum. Yeah, and then yeah. when it's like, you know, okay, again, okay. And then another time, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to just do me and I'm not going to even worry about it. So, yeah, so yeah. two weeks later, and then it's raining because it rains a lot up here. We have a record of 150 inches, I believe, in, in, one, right. in, in one season. So eventually there'll be a raid day and to get the guys outwards and stuff. They'll come up and clean everything. So I said, all right, clean that mess, clean that mess, clean that. And luckily the assistants that I have now are a little bit more in the same mindset as I am, mm-hmm. specifically one of them for sure. And they're, it's just getting better. So I oh, that's good. Yeah. But that's definitely a pet peeve of mine. Right? Come on, you pick up your mess. <laughs> you know, I'm a mechanic. I got everything all over the place. Don't put your stuff in my place. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have the same uh, struggles with our irrigation tech and him tracking mud through the shop. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our parts room is also the irrigation parts room. So oh, he's gosh, tracking no. mud in there all the time. So nah, I stay yeah, on yeah. pretty hard. But <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a good guy. And we got a good relationship. So I really pick on him all the time. And he loves to pull his cart right up, you know, in front of the door. That That's always, another thing. But it doesn't really bother me. I joke with the guys and why I said, really? How am I supposed to get out? You know, and I'm saying mm-hmm. this in Spanish and they laugh at me, and, you know, because every, all our visa workers are Central Americans, we're South Americans and our Spanishes are completely different. So mm-hmm. whatever I'm saying, I'm saying something bad to them or whatever. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I'm like, are you serious? Come on, man. I can't get That's out. What would be your dream job or opportunity? So I wrestled in high school and mm-hmm. out of high school also. I wrestled for eight years and I coached for four years. So I, I wish I could be in wrestling. That would definitely be my dream, whether it would be pro wrestling or MMA, I guess. But that would definitely be a dream. But I think I've kind of reached the limit where I can't do it anymore, especially being gone from the family. So that's hard. But an opportunity that I've always thought and I know I love to do is Hector kind of did it with the whole like shop renovation thing. But I, I'd like to do kind of like, I'm sure you've seen Bar Rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So kind of do that, but for golf courses, kind of like what I've done here in South Carolina with Oconee Country Club, they were in need. They were just backlapping bed knives. It had equipment down. They couldn't get anything going. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I come over there and I'm like, hey, you know, let me help you out. And I set them up. I put their records in order. I have their own Google Drive feeding. I put okay, all their, awesome. you know, all their equipment stuff in, in chat, did all their oil changes, made sure everything has, you know, oil do stickers. When do we need to mm-hmm. do the oil next and all that stuff. So traveling, luckily, my wife and I help school, uh, our kids, our two kids. And so traveling is a huge thing for us. We spend more mm-hmm. money traveling than anything else. COVID really hurt us that last year. We couldn't do anything. But being able to have the ability to, you know, someone calls me and say, hey, Joe, we can't find a mechanic. Can you be an interim mechanic, an interim equipment manager? For now, until we find someone. One of the things that I hate the most, but I liked doing it, it was just that it was hard doing that and fixing things at the same time, was you get hired at a new shop and you have to just go through everything. Because the last guy didn't want to do anything. So yeah, I think it would be so cool to be able to, someone call and say, hey, we're about to hire a new equipment manager. I would like to get the shop 
in order and make sure mm-hmm. they have their stuff in order. Can you come out and yeah, sure. You know, and set them up with the whole computer, their Google drive, their oils are all, you know, this is when you got to do it and have them a blank slate. They don't have to work. Everything's good. They come in and they just work and then, and get the job done, you know? No, that'd be awesome. That'd be a really cool job. Yeah, um, yeah. Take it on the road, do, do a tour like Hector. Yeah. And I had another yeah. idea when you were talking about wrestling, I see you and Hector in a cage match. Oh, we already talked about it. You know, he, he that'd be uh, awesome. <laughs> that'd be uh, so Hector, cool. Hector, we actually talked about it. I think he was 215. I was 171 in high school. Oh, mm-hmm. and that was my weight class. I think we talked about it. I said, all right, next time we see each other, we're going to have to, you know, and he's like, all right, I got yeah. to convince him again because he got this new house and everything and this new shop and stuff. I, I keep telling him that uh, I got to go up there and see him. So pro- hopefully this year or next year. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What do you know now that you wish you'd known on day one? I wish I knew that it was okay to dive in, to just go for it. My dad didn't show me everything about mechanics. So that's, I, I had rebuilt the complete engine. You know, I've done maybe the top end, some crankshaft a little bit. Not a complete engine. Whether it's a two-stroke or, or a four-stroke, I've yet to this day been able to rebuild one. I haven't had the need to, really. Once you've done it enough, everything just kind of connects. You start connecting the dots. And, and the one thing you have to be careful is the technical stuff, you know, the torque specs, the, the clearances, stuff like that. You want to yeah. know some of that. but just to know that it's okay to dive in and you're mm-hmm. going to be fine. I guess another way to put it is to trust myself and trust my skills. That's a huge thing that, again, I still struggle with. Yeah. I owe a lot to, to Hector when mm-hmm. it comes to that. Uh, I owe a lot to Hector because without his videos, without his stuff, I, I don't know where I would be because <laughs> his videos is what kept me going. And then, of course, Bob, I learned about Bob later mm-hmm. on in Steven Tucker, learned about him later on. And then you as well, all the stuff that you're putting out. You know, this is just making it easier for me. And I'm going to learn. And then I just pass it on. It's just a constant passing on of of information. It's awesome. I think that was was a really good point. And I think there's quite a few people that are, they don't have enough confidence or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Just dive in there, tear it apart. It's already broke. More than likely, you're not going to break it any worse. It's not working now. I mean, from day one, I've just always been really lucky when it comes to that, I guess. And I'm probably a little overconfident sometimes, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, taking stuff yeah. apart. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, even as like a young kid, if there was something broke, I was all about, let's rip this thing apart. Right. And, you know, see what makes no, it no. work. Well, you know, that, that was your generation. I, unfortunately, I grew up with video games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> video games and i was a huge lego guy so building things was also was also oh, big yeah, thing. Yeah. but yeah i didn't grow up tearing things apart <laughs> <laughs> what are the latest tips and tricks you've seen you want to share with us this one was a hard one i was thinking about it how can i do this because again going back to what we just said i still struggle sometimes with my skills and my tips how to explain like that comfortability to be in front of someone that has way more years than I do and be able to say something. And then I guess it's a fear of, no, you're actually wrong. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're saying. I think it's really easy to be intimidated 
my stuff like that. And one thing that really helped me when I was working for Jerry Pate and I was a road tech, uh, we had to put on service schools for customers. And we would do one in Atlanta. We've done one in Birmingham. We did one in Savannah. And they forced me to do that. You know, I didn't want to do that, but that really helped me. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I was in Birmingham, Alabama at Shell Creek and electrical board. And I was talking about voltage drop and how voltage drop worked and showing that with a multimeter and all this stuff. And this older man walks up and his name is Danny Rollins. And I think he had just retired from Birmingham Country Club, like within the last few months. But anyway, he walks up and he's like, so tell me this again. So I, you know, explain it to him again. He said, I, you know, and he's explained this problem he had on a progator that wouldn't start and it ended up being a bad battery cable. And he's mm-hmm. like, if I knew how to do this, I would have been able to diagnose that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I say an older guy, he's in his seventies. He's probably 80 now, right? This 10 years ago or whatever, but he has his little notepad out and he starts taking notes. And I just thought that was so cool that, you know, at the time I was whatever, 30 years old and I'm teaching this guy that's almost 80. That's been doing this his whole life. I taught him a new trick Yeah, and that was one of the best feelings in the world. So I, I think it's just get out there and do it and don't worry about, you know, eventually I think I will. I think that's definitely a path that I will go down, but I feel like I need to get through a little bit more things mentally for myself. You know, I loved the couple of podcasts that you did with the mental awareness thing. Okay, you know, yeah. It's a uh, part of it is that too. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I was in high school, I thought it was the best thing since life's bread. I was fifth in the state of Florida wrestling. I was doing great. You know, I had a hot chip on my side, which right, is my right. wife now, you know, and then I left wrestling. I said, no one's ever going to tell me when I can or cannot eat. And I'm mm-hmm. never weighing myself again. Right, right, right. <laughs> you yep. know, I said, I am done with the weight scale. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. now through counseling and mentorships and stuff, now I can say, yeah, it's been tough getting out of, you know, that I'm not good enough, that feeling of not being good enough. And finally, now I can be like, you know what? I've done this nine years now. I have this experience. It's time to walk out there and be like, hey, how can I help you? And that's what I've done contacted T-TAC, pushing and pushing, you know, hey, what can I do? I became a board member and I've been blessed with like talks away because they provide all that, you know, right, right, they, yeah. they provide that and it allows me to go out there and just give it my all and represent them because ultimately that's what I'm doing. It's representing right. like talks yeah. away and showing that, hey, you know, that me nine years ago that person right there and said, look where I'm at nine years after that, where, where you right. are, you could be here too, you know? And I mean, even if it's do a five minute fix video, yep. and it's, it's one of those things that might be, you know, normal stuff, everyday stuff for us, but I'll never forget this either. Hector's most watched video is how to load a grease gun. Yeah. But yes, because till this day, it's like, it's like really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's what people don't know how to do. Even yeah. though we do it all the time, we think everybody knows how to load a grease gun. Yep, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely coming. Especially this year, 
in February when we go to the show and I'm part of T-Tech, I'm going to be represented and we're going to try to get out there more for those equipment managers that don't know about T-Tech yet, which I doubt in the Carolinas, nobody knows about us because <laughs> mm-hmm. we try to get out there a lot. You got anything else? You want? One thing I did want to say again, is just say thank you to those guys that you, Hector, Bob, Stetson Tucker, those guys that actually care so much about the industry enough to take time out of your day to provide all this information and make it fun. I, I repeat it. If it wasn't for Hector, Stephen Tucker, you, I learned about you, you while I was here in Lake Coxwick, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for you guys, I don't know where I would be because I would not want to go back to doing dealership flat rate stuff, you know, it, right, it, right, right. who knows yeah. where I would be. So. I've been mm-hmm. truly blessed with the career that I have, and I've never looked back. And for the past nine, 10 years, it's just literally skyrocketing and I'm just going mm-hmm. up, 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 and up. And I'll never forget who I need to thank for that. And like I said, it's, it's you guys. And I can't wait. I tell my wife all the time, I can't wait till I get to that level so I can do it for that kid down there, you know, Mm -hmm. just getting in for this and bringing it up. Unfortunately, I just went through this. I had a kid in welding school and I I said, dude, I have a golf course that is willing to pay you this much money. This is how it works. You're going to get paid for vacation trainings. You're going to get to Mm -hmm. go to shows. I I tried to sell the idea so much and, and he was so into it, man, so much that he went to the shop. I was checking reels with him. He was a tinker, didn't go to mechanic mm-hmm. school, but he was like through his last semester or something of welding school. And I was showing him everything. He was so good, so happy. So the next day when he was supposed to show up, he like texts me and he's like, oh, second thought, I won't be able to come in and won't be able to do this. And I'm like, man, and he's the first one that I've dealt with person like one-on-one. And I've mm-hmm. seen it, that the generation I, I guess it is my generation and below. It's just so strange to me how they don't want to do the trades and they don't want to come out and get their hands dirty. Or, I mean, you're about to finish welding school, which I'm not telling you to stop welding. I'm telling you that you could get a $20 an hour job over here. Mm-hmm. You're only 18. I mean, I would have right. killed for $20 an hour. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> It's just so crazy, the difference of, you know, and I see it in my nephews. I've got 10 years, these nephews, and mm-hmm. half of them are just computer geeks, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. I'm sorry because they're going to listen to this, but it's uncle just saying the truth. You need to go out and do something else and learn something mm-hmm. else. The other half are willing to go work. My kids, like I said, we homeschool. My daughter, she learned math through taking lug nuts off of the car. You know, I, wow, I, that's I, awesome. I'm telling her, you know, okay, right. you're going to count every time I take off Lugner. And then you're going to mm-hmm. tell me how much Lugner we took off. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was five. Okay, uh-huh. so now yeah. there's five here and five in the back. How many are this side? Oh, there's ten. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I guess it also comes down to how you grew up, who you grew up with. Yeah. Not everybody I think has. that is important, too. You, you know, it's not like everybody has that opportunities or abilities. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's where... We come in and we can be that open door to let people say, Hey, you want to learn something, 
you want to make good money, check this out. Don't be the wrench throwers. And, you know, how I came into the industry, I was thrown into it. And the guy that was technically showing me something, he's like, oh, you're going to have to learn it the hard way. And to an extent, I got to thank him too, because he did Mm -hmm. throw me to the wolves and I survived. But at the same time, that's really not how you want to do things. There's a better way and a more understanding way for everybody to learn because everybody learns differently. Well, true. And I think the people that are entering the industry now are luckier than we were because, I mean, I was really lucky and got to work with a fabulous guy that knew everything about mechanic and, but I know a lot of people are in your situation. You go into a shop, maybe you know how to turn a wrench, but you don't know anything about turf equipment and you just kind of own your own and figure it out for yourself. And now I think there's a lot more people in the industry that are willing to teach somebody. I think the standards for the industry have increased. I mean, just since I've been in the industry, they've increased. I'm at the same course and we don't do things near like what we used to do 25 years ago. Right, right. And the golfer's expectations, our membership expect more. Yeah. You know, heights are getting lower and have been the whole time. So, I mean, we're still growing, but I think anybody that wants to be in this industry, it's a great industry to join. So right now, whoever's getting into it now, pretty soon with this whole shortage of techs, pretty soon we can write our own paychecks and it's going to be, it's coming. It's going to be an amazing thing. I was actually explaining that to somebody the other day that the auto industry, all those old timers and stuff that were card rated people went to the turf industry while I was coming into the auto industry because with computers, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no more carburetors. Well, it's the same thing is going to happen from the auto industry. So over here, it's a turf industry, but what's happening in the church? EFI, tier four, um, Mm -hmm. there's no more carburetors. There's, so that's going to be outdated and it's just the same thing. It's going to happen again. And now we're going to be in a shortage. And like I said, I've been blessed to be in a perfect situation where Give me another 10 years, man. I'm scared to know where I'm going to go because it's, it's going to be pretty awesome. Well, hopefully be traveling the road and rescuing shops. Hopefully the shop rescue, man. Yeah. That's right. Shop rescue. I fully support you. I'll put the word out for you. Anything you I can do on this end. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you. My Twitter handle is at Mojo, capital N lowercase O underscore capital J O E 91. I'm on that a lot. Or LinkedIn, my email, I'll spell it out for everybody. It's a J O S E F T H M O R E I R A at gmail.com. It's my first name and my last name, just that my first name spelled really weird. That's <laughs> oh. all good. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming yep. on. I really enjoyed this. Great talking to you. Thank you for being a part of the WhatsApp group. You bring a lot to that community. Uh, for the listeners that wants to join just let us know we'll get you in there thank you thank you for everything you're doing thank you for everybody in the whatsapp group it's awesome getting texts at one in the morning and seeing mm-hmm. what's going on the what's it for rain for rain yeah for rain that's awesome all right seeing that and seeing that we all go through the same thing so thank you good deal thank you we'll talk to you soon all right man thank you
Don't you love what a positive guy Joe is? It was great talking to him today. And just remember, dive in, tear things apart, and give yourself a little credit for how far you've come. We all got to start somewhere. And that's the way we learn, diving in, tearing stuff apart. And I'm really glad Joe mentioned the mental health that uh, we discussed in the Real Turf Tech community on WhatsApp. And we had a lot of people speaking up and telling their story. So that's why we're going to be bringing you some bonus episodes on mental health. And it's going to come out this Friday. So when you hear this episode, the following Friday, we'll have our first mental health episode in the series. And there's going to be four in the series. And I'm looking really forward to getting those out and getting y'all's feedback. Y'all let me know what you think. Just remember, it's okay not to be okay. Till next time, see you bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Text Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.